suddenly a thought came to me that I should say in order to challenge the congregation. And the thought was this. What was the state of your heart when you came into this place? Because very often when we come into God's house, there are all sorts of distractions in our minds. Sometimes we get up in a bit of a mood, not even wanting to go, feeling tired and distressed about something, not quite in the mood to go to church. But we still come. But our hearts isn't really in the right place always. So I said to the people, what matters is not how you came. What matters is the state of your heart when you leave here this morning. In other words, what effect has it had on us through the worship, through the singing of the hymns, through the through the sermon. Uh, might not be great. You might have heard a better one many times. You might have heard better singing. You might have had a better cup of tea somewhere else. But what effect has it had being in the presence of God? And that was the thought I had as I mentioned that to people on that occasion. Most importantly, this morning, is that I met with the living God. And if we leave in that state of heart, then it was worth coming. Because if God has spoken to us through his word, then that has been effective in our hearts. And that will bring glory to God. So as we think along those lines this morning, I want to read with you from Psalm 84. If you turn to Psalm 84, a beautiful psalm. During the, uh, during the lockdown, I spend a lot of time reading the psalms. Meditating on them, pondering on what God was saying to me through some of these psalms. And this was one of them. And I had thoughts on many others. Psalm 84. How lovely is your dwelling place, O Lord Almighty. My soul yearns, even faints, for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh cry out for the living God. Even the sparrow has found a home, and the swallow a nest for herself where she may have her young, a place near your altar. O oh Lord Almighty, my King and my God, blessed are those who dwell in your house. They are forever praising you. 
Blessed are those whose strength is in you, who have set their hearts on pilgrimage. As they pass through the valley of Baca, they make it a place of springs. The autumn rains also cover it with pools. They go from strength to strength, till each appears before God in Zion. Hear my prayer, O Lord God Almighty. Listen to me, O God of Jacob. Look upon our shield, O God. Look with favor on your anointed one. Better is one day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere. I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tents of the wicked. For the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord bestows favor and honor. No good thing does he withhold from those whose walk is blameless. O Lord Almighty, blessed is the man who trusts in you. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you that we have the freedom to come here this morning and to uh, meditate on your word. And I pray that as we uh, do so, that you will speak into our hearts, that we might feel that you have been with us here this morning, and that your spirit has enlightened our minds and our hearts through what we read and hear from your word. I pray for each one here. You know our different circumstances. You know everything about us. I pray that uh, each one of us might leave this place knowing that we are truly yours, your child, that we have truly trusted and, and know Jesus as our Saviour. And we ask it for your namesake. Amen. It was uh, John Calvin who called the Psalms a mirror. And the idea was that they reflect all the moods of human experience. Joy and sadness, joy and sorrow, excitement, depression, confidence and doubt, and uh, triumph and defeat. It's all there in the Psalms. When we read them, we find that they speak to our hearts about our different circumstances in life. They're wonderful words to read. And uh, it just shows how up to date the Bible is. When we read the Psalms, we find that uh, within them, there is something for us each day of our lives that would that bring us nearer to God, that remind us of our own state of heart, what type of person we are, how much we need God, how great is his creation, how wonderful he has made us. It's all there in the Psalms. God's grace and mercy, his faithfulness, his everlasting and enduring love are all related to us in the Psalms. Wonderful books they are. Wonderful passages of Scripture. And this Psalm gives us a picture of a Christian pilgrim with a deep longing for God. A person finding that the greatest blessedness in the journey of life is the worship of the Lord Almighty. And he takes us through peaks and troughs, through 
difficulties, through barren times, through the high times of life, and uh, uh, through all different aspects of human experience. Um, because in a relationship with God, we still have to pass through all different difficulties in our lives. But God is always there for us. And that is the wonderful thing about this psalm, because it reminds us that the psalmist has come with one focus in mind, and only one, which was, and which is, to cry out to the living God. Now I'm sure there's times in your experience where, you've, where that cry has, uh, has occurred many times, for different reasons. We cry out to God in times of distress, in times of trouble. We cry out to God on behalf of others. We cry out to God because of the state of our hearts sometimes, because of our sin. We, we, we cry out to God in order that we might come nearer to him, that he might bless us more, that we might see more of him in our lives and more of Jesus in our lives. I was reading a few uh, stories recently about people in other lands where they are suffering for the name of Jesus, where they're being persecuted and tortured and imprisoned for their faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. And what I read was quite startling because what I saw through all these stories was this, that they still rely on God, irrespective of the circumstances that they're passing through. And sometimes I feel that in our, in our in the, kind of the freedom that we have in our land, we don't always feel that, uh, uh, that God is with us when we go through trials and tribulations. He's always there. We, we must not, as we read in the book of Hebrews, we must beware of drifting away from God. So that, that is, that's why it's so important to hear, his, hear him from his word each day. To read the Bible. To pray. To, in order that we might know God's will for us in our lives. Now you'll notice that this psalm begins with uh, the heading. It's of the sons of Korah. Now the sons of Korah were very important people in the temple. They were of the tribe of Levi. And their father uh, uh, started a rebellion against Moses. Read about it in Numbers 16. Do that over lunch today when you get home. It's a very sad story, this rebellion, because they were all um, destroyed by God, the whole family, except... The sons of Korah. Isn't it remarkable how that God spared the sons of Korah despite the father's rebellion so that they could write these beautiful psalms. Eleven of them they wrote uh, through, the, through the book of Psalms. And this is one of them. He starts off, How lovely is your dwelling place, O Lord Almighty. And so what we see here is that the psalmist longs for what does he long for most of all? What do we long for? What do you long for? In life, 
We long for all kinds of things that we want. Better paid job, better health. We long for a good holiday and great, other great desires. I wonder what you're longing for. If you were a Ukrainian at the moment, and in our church we've got 35 Ukrainians staying with us and accommodated by us. And you talk to them and the one thing they long for, they long for home. They long to go back home. What do we long for in life? The psalmist here, he longs to be with the living God. That's his whole desire. So here in the first of, uh, is, is the first of the three blessednesses of this psalm. There's three. One is in verse 4. Blessed are those who dwell in your house. They are ever praising you. And then lower down. We read, blessed are those whose strength is in you, who have set their hearts on pilgrimage. And the last verse, blessed is the man who trusts in you. And the, the psalmist, he, he feels blessed for one reason and for one reason only, which is his desire, his longing to dwell in God's house. And in verse 2, he shares with us the incredible feeling he has in coming into the presence of God. Notice his words. My soul yearns for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh cry out for the living God. This is, a, this is the statement of a person who loves his God. Who realises how great God is. I wonder how much that takes over our lives at times. Whether we wake up in the morning thinking, my, I just yearn for God. My heart and my flesh just uh, uh, dwell well up within me as I think of coming into the presence of God and knowing more about God. How close are you to God? Is it just on a Sunday when you come and worship? What happens on Monday morning? When you go to work, that's if any of you are going to work. Well, I can see that some of you are because some of you are quite young. And I still go to work. And uh, I find going, travelling to Manchester each day, up and down the motorway, that I find time thinking and meditating, meditating on God, on the Word of God, on what I've read that morning before I leave home. It's wonderful to spend time with God, and the, that's what the psalmist is doing. Here. He's spending time. He's thinking about his time with God. My heart and my flesh cry out for God. What wonderful words there are those are to us. And so, as he yearns for God, he uh, and as he comes near God, as he comes into the presence of God, we might think of. Uh, um, another psalm which um, is uh, where the words are quite similar in uh, Psalm 42 again written by the sons of Korah beautiful psalm as the deer pants for streams of water so my soul pants for you O Lord my soul thirsts for God for the living God when can I go and meet with God 
Well, thankfully, we can go and meet with God at any time. He is always there. His presence is with us at all times. Not like in the, in the Old Testament, you know, the, the, the people met with God through, through the priests, through the high priest. And the, uh, but when Jesus came, he opened up a new way for us. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. We have a new dimension, a new way into God's presence through Jesus. And we have confidence to enter into that most holy place by the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. Says the book of Hebrews, by a new and living way. The old way has gone. The sacrifices of old. Jesus has paid the ultimate sacrifice for our sins. And because of that, we can draw near to God through him, who is our, the one who intercedes for us our, as our great high priest. I wonder if this thirsting for God is part of your daily life. And uh, it's wonderful to know, as believers in the Lord Jesus Christ, if you've already taken that step, it's wonderful to know that the door into God's presence is always open through the new and living way, through what Jesus has done for us on the cross. And as I was thinking of these words, I was pondering on what was going through the psalmist's mind as he I mean, these men, these sons of Korah, they were, they were workers in the temple. They were the, the caretakers, if you like. They were the, the doorkeepers, as he says in the end of the psalm. And, uh, if you, and, and as such, they would see the beauty of the temple. Was it the splendor of the house of God? Was it the building, the amazing architecture? The extravagant... Uh, 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 curtains and, and the architecture of the building. No, the psalmist wants to be in the house of God for one single purpose, to worship the living God. And if we come, if church becomes a place of entertainment, that is contrary to what God wants it to be. The church, the body of Christ, the meeting with God is for one purpose. To know more about God. To worship the living God. And so his prime objective was to enjoy God. God was his enjoyment. Not the stained glass windows or as it would be today. You know, I remember years ago I was invited to speak at a church in Bolton about church so I went along to talk about church and they were quite disappointed that I didn't talk about the building how beautiful the stained glass windows were how marvellous was the pews and everything else because I started talking about the church being the body of Christ the people who are meeting and they, they were a bit uh, disappointed that uh, that's all I could say. But that's what it is. The church is the people 
of Christ. Bought through the precious blood of Christ. Meeting together. Not for entertainment. But to worship the living God. And so you see here. It says in verse 4. Blessed are those who dwell in your house. They are ever praising you. This is a, a wonderful um, idea isn't it? To be constantly praising God. We wake up in the morning and. Sometimes it's a, a dull, rainy day. And we don't always feel good. But it's still the right time to be praising God. To thank him for that new day. That he's brought us into a new day. And then in this new day, he's given us all that we need. And he's given us the freedom to share our faith with someone else that day. And to pray that God will open the door of opportunity for us to speak for him and serve him. That's what God wants us to do each day. To praise him because we are his people. The sheep of his pasture. And then notice something quite beautiful here in these verses. Even the sparrow has found a home. And the swallow a nest for herself, where she may have her young, a place near your altar. What lovely expression of thought that is. Here the psalmist is sort of thinking, well, look at these birds, the sparrow and the swallow. Look at the freedom they have. Oh, if only I had that freedom to come near to God. And we do have that freedom. There are no obstacles. There are no hindrances in us coming to God. There is no man in between us and God. There is one, Christ Jesus. And he is the only one that we can come to in order to approach God. And we come, as the, uh, as the, uh, the little birds did here, they came to the, the altar. Isn't that wonderful? They came right into the place where, where the sacrifices were made. And isn't it wonderful for us as believers in the Lord Jesus Christ to know that each day of our lives we can come to that place where Jesus paid the ultimate sacrifice for our sins. We come to the cross. And as I think of the altar here, I think of the cross where Jesus paid the price for my sins. What a beautiful picture of the way God has opened up a way to himself through the death of the Lord Jesus Christ. That is the only altar that is applicable to us today. The cross. The altar to which he refers to is evidently where that ultimate sacrifice was made. And later, as we gather around the Lord's table, as we take the bread and the wine, we'll be remembering the death of our Lord Jesus. The bread that reminds of his body that was broken and the cup. The precious blood that he shed for you and me. That we might be redeemed and set free and given new life. What a, what a beautiful um, uh, thing this is that, for, that Jesus prepared for us. To think of the past and the present and the future when we meet him 
in glory. So let's, as they come near the altar, let us think of us coming into uh, near the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. As the, as the banner says at the back there, we stand forgiven at the cross. Nowhere else. No other place. Not the church, not a person. The cross is where we stand forgiven. And so that's why the psalmist is, uh, is constantly praising God. It's a continual process of praise. And then as we move further down, we find that uh, in verse 5, Blessed are those whose strength is in you, who have set their hearts on pilgrimage as they pass through the valley of Baca. What is this valley? As the pilgrims came towards Jerusalem, they would wander through this very barren place, this desert place, before approaching Jerusalem. And it reminds me that in our lives, on our pilgrimage, on our walk with God, there are times of drought, there are times of failure, there are times when we drift away from God. There are times when the devil takes hold of our lives and causes distractions which result in us falling away from, the, from God who we love. And yet, the psalmist says, as they pass through this valley... They make it a place of springs. The autumn rain also covers it with pools. And what he's saying here is this. That the the difficulties in life, as long as we're still trusting in God and depending on him, make us stronger. Our faith gets stronger as we pass through difficulties in life. Providing we depend on God. And as I said, I've spoken to quite a few Ukrainians recently who are in our church. Many of them speak very good English. And what they've been through is unbearable suffering. Lost their homes, lost everything. And here they come to, in a land, if you like, of milk and honey to them. They've got everything. They've lost everything, but now they've come with nothing, but they've got everything. Why do I say that? Well, I say it because that's what Paul said in, in, uh, in 1 Corinthians, or 2 Corinthians, I forget where he was, when he talks about his hardships. He says, having nothing, yet possessing everything. Amazing words. What do he mean by that? He thought, well, he's, he's been struggling, he's had hardships, he's had difficulties, he's had uh, shipwrecks, he's been beaten, he's been flogged, he's been imprisoned, and he's got nothing. But possesses everything. Because he possesses the greatest possession of all. He knows Jesus. And these Ukrainians, they come, and they're depending on Jesus. They love Jesus so much that what they've lost is counted as nothing compared with him. I was once in... Uh, on a trip in Romania, went many, many times, 
And one day, it was winter time, it was February, it was very cold in Romania, it's probably minus 15, minus 20. And we went with my friend up uh, a mountain track. Well, it was a bit more like a bit of a road. Uh, don't, I didn't have to walk, we were in a jeep and uh, we came across a little homestead and we went down by the river and down by the river was a, a lady uh, washing her clothes in the frozen river. And uh, I, I turned to my friend, I said, that, that lady, he said, I said, uh, she's very poor? He said, very poor. He said, she's very poor. He said, I know her very well because she goes to a, a little church in that village. He said, uh, I said, well, can't we buy her a washing machine? Can't we do something to help her? Well, we could, but she's quite happy. I said, uh, how come she's so happy and so content washing her clothes in the frozen river? He said, because she knows Jesus. That's why. Because she's got everything in him, having nothing, yet possessing everything. And so we go through the Valley of Baca and we feel at times a bit crestfallen and upset and without, sometimes without hope. <clears throat> because there's so many things entering our minds that we get worried about and anxious about. But then, he says, they make it a place of springs. So, as James says, count it all joy when you're tempted, when you go through trials. Strange expression, isn't it? But it's true. Because through difficulties, we can become more, we can come closer to God. So, what well, time has gone? And uh, we've only covered half the psalm, but as we come... To the, uh, to the end of the psalm, which we'll go to, we read in verse 11, For the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord bestows favour and honour. No good thing does he withhold from those whose walk is blameless. I love those verses. No good thing does he withhold from us. We often think he does. I, I was reading a book recently. It's called God on mute God on mute and it's written by somebody who, uh, who just felt that God had completely abandoned him neglected him because he got no message from God or the word of God about the difficulties he was going through in life the sufferings that he was enduring and he thought to himself, well, God is, is silent. But God is never silent. God is always there for us. And no good thing does he withhold from those whose walk is blameless. If we're trusting in him, as the last verse says, blessed is the man who trusts in you, then we will receive blessing. And often the pain dissipates. It doesn't go away because we have to pass through these difficult times. But at least we know that God is with us and he bestows favour and honour 
on those who live, who live for him. So we have some wonderful words in this psalm. And there's a lot more in it, I can assure you. If you go home, meditate on it, and take to heart the things that God is saying through this psalm. And just one phrase before we finish. Blessed are those whose strength is with you, who have set their hearts, set their hearts on pilgrimage. Where, is, where have I set my heart? I pray that as we leave this place this morning, that our hearts will be more focused on God and that we'll go away 